Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Sincerely Mama. Um, I hope you all are having a good day today. I most certainly am. I'm feeling a little bit refreshed. I am in between classes recording, so I am. Um, if you're listening in the morning in your car or if you are at home chilling, I hope that you are feeling good today. And we got a lot to talk about. Today's episode is about the sacrifice and I just want to let y'all know that I think Mother's Day is celebrated a tad bit harder than Father's Day because of the sacrifice, period. I did, That's just my opinion on it. Um, it's because of that sacrifice. And not to say that fathers don't sacrifice anything, um, but that sacrifice looks different. It looks a lot different. And I think moms sacrifice in a lot more areas than what dads do. But I think both, we, we definitely both go through sacrifice. Um, but for moms, when we talk about sacrifice, I think the very first one that, that we think about is the body. You sacrificing your body to carry your baby for an entire nine months. And, you know, some moms don't get the full, you know, the full term. But it's a sacrifice and it's a lot on your body and I can even think prior to you caring but just when you're finding out that you're pregnant and maybe you had some type of plans maybe you had like some type of hobbies that you had to give up in preparation you know for your baby to prepare for um, your baby to be born and like for me like I knew that I just was going to get my master's before I had a kid and so now not to say that that's something that I had to put off but I definitely did not want to bite off more than I could chew. So I'm still like to this very day trying to figure out, okay, when is the right time? And with Corona going on, I feel like this would have been, you know, a good time. It's just that I still work, although I work from home, but I still work. And after work, I'm going to pick up my baby. And then it's just like, I know at the end of the night, like I'm exhausted and I'm about to have to do somebody homework or I'm about to have to write a paper or, you know, whatever it is. So it can be a lot. So even just prior to um, having the baby or, you know, prior to carrying for those nine months, you just putting plans off to the side, you know that that's a sacrifice and when we talk about caring and the sacrifice that you make or the sacrifice that your body goes through um to carry like if you you know like to go out and drink right no drinking and for me I it was for me it was like you know you can have a little wine you know what do they say about wine you know, I feel like all mama's Googling, like, can I have a little bit of wine um, in secret? But it's like, what do they say about wine? And I even asked my doctor. And she's just like a little bit can't hurt. But I know me, you know, after having a long day and you just want to relax. I can't have a little bit of wine, y'all. Because I'm a drink. I'm going to drink the entire bottle. So I stayed away from wine while I was pregnant. Um... I didn't want to do it because I, I really like was convinced that I'm, I'm going to need this whole bottle. So I'm not even going to touch it. Um, so that was for me. But 
besides that part, it is the hormonal change that your body goes through in the beginning. And then you have just going through that first trimester. They say the first trimester is the worst trimester because you are having morning sickness. You are, you know, your body is changing. Then you get, you know, further along and your face start to change. Maybe you have acne. Maybe your nose is getting big. Then your feet are swelling, right? All of this for your baby. And so for me, I didn't have to experience that. Y'all, I threw up probably all of five times, and that was because I did not eat before I took my prenatals. So, but I didn't, I didn't really experience the um, morning sickness, being nauseous, um, all of that. I didn't experience that, so I was kind of more blessed than some some others. Because honestly, if I probably experienced that, I would have been like, "Look, this is it." I can't take it. This too much. But, you know, all of that for your child. And it's so worth it. Like, it's so worth it. When your baby gets here and you look back on it, you're just like, that was so worth it. So, I um, I didn't have to experience that. But just, you know, those physical changes that your body goes through. And I will say, I wasn't really big. Um, it looked like I stuck a basketball under my shirt. I'm just going to be honest with you all. That's what it looked like. And so I didn't really get big. But for me, that last trimester, when I tell you, I was scratching my stomach like no end. So I got stretch marks. Um, and honestly, that's a lot for me. Like, because I didn't, I, that's not something that I had. It wasn't something that I was used to. You know, um, I would just be sitting and scratching just sitting and scratching and I worked out prior to being pregnant I worked out I would go to the gyms I got my little pack you know I'm doing it and then boom like you scratching you got stretch marks and I don't care what people tell you to put on them I got the cocoa butter I got all of these different oils I still got stretch marks still to this very day so even with you know your body changing and then when you go to actually have your baby, let's say you have to get an emergency C-section. Well, the rest of your kids that you would like to have, they prefer for you to have them by way of C-section. So then you're making the same incision in the same place, you know, on your body. So that's a lot. That's a lot to go through. And I don't care what people say about, you know, those that have C-sections. You know, you didn't really have a real birth because you didn't push your baby out. That's still as much of a sacrifice. It is still as much of a sacrifice. It doesn't matter. And then most people aren't going in like, hey, can I get a C-section? Most of that is just, you know, by the doctor's suggestion, suggesting that you do that. You don't have a say-so in that. There is no coming back from that. So once it's done and they prefer for you to have it for, you know, the rest of your kids, it's just like, well, okay, do I even want to have kids? Any more kids? And that is a real conversation if you have a partner, if you have a significant other. That's a real conversation to be had. 
Because then like all of this sacrifice that your body goes through that you have to go through, it may change your whole perception on what you want to have. Because I think we all sit and have or talk about like, oh, I want to have this many kids or I think we can have this many. And Devon and I are on the same page about when we would have our next child and how many for the most part. So I think that conversation may shift, you know, once you have your first kid, because it may be a traumatic experience. There is somebody out there, some mother out there who is trying to have kids and her body is being sacrificed because she can't. So she keeps miscarrying like and I don't think people think about that, how much of an emotional sacrifice that is and then your body going through that. And that's the conversation. Okay, I don't think, let's stop. And not to say, and that's emotional sacrifice on both sides. Because just as mothers go through that, their bodies go through that, dads have, like dads may not be attached as much as moms are. But that's still, you know, that's still their offspring. That's still their baby. So moms that, you know, that have gone through that they have experienced miscarriage please don't forget about dad and I like I understand that your body does go through a lot but that that is there too and there may be emotions behind that so please don't forget about him but you know we you think body and I don't think people think about people that have miscarriages but that is a lot And I can't speak to it because that's not like I haven't experienced that. But it's a lot. And so, you know, you have your baby and just having laboring and delivering. And if you don't want an epidural, so all of that pain and then tearing and all of this. Then the healing process of the six weeks plus for me. Mine was like six weeks plus, you know, and and even, even after that, for me, I was like, okay, we got to prevent because I, we not, I'm not back, back to backing shout out to all the moms out there who wanted to get it out the way. So y'all decided let's back to back this thing. That ain't me. Mm Not it, sis. Um, but me, I'm trying to prevent and I'm like, okay, let's, you know, in my six weeks, six week appointment, I'm like, let's go ahead and get this, get this birth control popping. Let's get it. So I'm like, let's do the IUD because I don't want anything that's so demanding. Like I have to take it at this hour. I need to set my alarm. I don't have the pills with me at this time. So now ain't no telling what. So now I didn't miss the pill and all of that. I don't have time for that. And also with the pill, I was breastfeeding. So with the pill, it wasn't really the best option anyway. So I'm just like, let's do the IUD. So I get the IUD and probably like a week and a half later, I have this really bad pain. And this pain is coming every 15 minutes. Y'all, it felt like a really, really bad gas. And I mean bad I was in Target one time and I was pushing the cart and I just stiffened. It's like, 
I, I did. Like, I just stiffened. And so, you know, I'm messaging my doctor and I'm like, I'm having this really bad, you know, pain, like gas, like pain every 15 minutes. I don't know what it is, but the ibuprofen that I'm taking is not strong enough, you know, so she prescribed me something stronger until I could actually get into the doctor for them to see. So I go for an ultrasound. They cannot see it. They can't see the, um, the Mirena. And so then I have to do an x-ray, an abdominal x-ray, so they can see if they can see it in my abdomen in that area. And I guess they saw it. So I had to have a small procedure where they went in and took it out. And Devon says it was like less than five minutes. But still, like, I'm trying to prevent from having another kid. And here I am, like, barely healed from my sick, you know, from having her. And like, I'm having to go through this. And it's just like, man, this too much. So, you know, went through all of that. And finally, you know, I'm able to get back to normal and kind of, kind of start enjoying things. And then boom, here comes postpartum setting in. And for me, it was anxiety effort. Like I'm talking about, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, like jumping up, jumping up. Is she breathing? Like Devon, you don't need to carry her like that. That's going to fall. Like y'all, it was, I just, I was a mess. So it started with that. And then like, it just started sinking in. And I remember going to the doctor one day and one of the nurses You know, when you go to the doctor after having a baby, they give you the little form for you to fill out with all of the questions about, are you happy during this? Are you sad? Are you usually happy? Are you as happy as you can be at the moment? They, you know, they give you that. And so I had been filling out the form, but I went to the doctor and this is when it was real because I had lost so much weight. And this was the day that I was like, okay, Maybe if I make myself look good, I'll feel good because it gets to that point. And so I'm like, okay, I put on a little makeup. I actually put on clothes, clothes. Like we're not walking around with leggings, joggers, t-shirts. I actually put on clothes, clothes. And I have my little um, hat on, everything. And I go to the doctor and one of the nurses or the nurse that typically sees me, she had just had her baby. We were in the hospital at the same time. Um, and so she was like, hey, how are you? You know, you know, we had our babies at the same time. How's it going? Y'all, when I say I broke down in the doctor's office and I told her it feels like a black hole that I can never get out of. Like a never ending black hole. I told her that. And I was just like, it's just like, and for me, it was just like, okay, like I'm trying to heal physically. And then I go through this with, you know, the birth control and everything. And it's just like, goodness. But I did. And so, boom, there's postpartum. So you're thinking, okay, like this part of it is over. But then it's like, here is more sacrifice. 
So now, like, I'm going through postpartum and I'm still doing what it is that I need to do. I still have to go to work. Like, once summer was over, I still had to go to work, you know, like, so... And then you're taking care of your baby all day. But then you have people out there who or mamas out there who have to figure out, okay, so do I get off of leave? Do I go ahead and return back to work? Although I'm going through postpartum, but I do need to spend time with my baby. So you have mamas out there making that decision. And some of them don't even have the decision. Some of them is like single mamas out there like I don't have that option. I have to go back to work or me and my child won't eat, period. And, you know, thanks to the government assistance that is out there to help, no cap, I wish I could have got some, but whatever. Um, But, you know, thanks for that. But it's still, it's just never ending, it feels like. And so when you are taking care of your baby all all day long, you know, you're trying to figure out, well, how am I going to shower? Because they tell you, to sleep when the baby sleeps of course and me I was taking every single nap that baby was taking who (laughs) look I was sleeping when so you know they tell you to sleep when the baby sleeps but then it's like okay when am I gonna take a shower when am I gonna eat you know like figuring out routine for yourself that works with your baby because I'm like okay let me hop in the shower for a quick five minutes because that's really all I got Like, it's like, hit it and go. So, it's like, let me hop in the shower for five minutes. And sometimes I'm trying to figure out how to set this up in the the bathroom. So, she can be in the bathroom with me. And I'm peeking out, you know, peeking out the curtain and all of that. And it's like, why do, like, who wants to have to do all of that every single time they got to take a shower that they have to schedule in at that? They got to figure out when they're going to take the shower. You know, so it's like, you have baby all day. You're trying to sleep when the baby sleeps cook clean got pampers everywhere it's real life it's okay um but I think you just really lose sight of you and mamas if I can tell you anything it is to if you have a hobby if you have something that you like doing hold on to that make time for you to do it make time for you that is one thing that I feel like I didn't do was make time for me and as a conversation that I did have with my therapist was okay you need to make time for you because what I was doing was taking care of baby all day while Devon was at work And by the, you know, he want to eat when he get off. So I'm cooking. But then we got dirty diapers all over here and this over here and laundry building up. So I'm trying to clean. I got to fit in my shower. So he get off at this time. She going to take a nap at this time. um, But I can't do it at that time. So let me do it when he get off. And then if you have a partner, because sometimes I be like single, y'all that's single, Look, if you have a partner at the end of the day, after you've done everything you've done, your partner getting in the bed and he, him with, he, they hit you with the nudge. And we all know what the nudge means. Like, let's not play. I'm just going to keep it 100. Like, we all know what that nudge means. 
you know and and you hit me with the nudge and i'm looking like what 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 can i do how may i help you what else can i could i possibly do for you you know and it's just like you just want your own time and so for us i would sometimes just go downstairs You know, I would just go downstairs. Sometimes I would purposefully sleep, fall asleep on the couch because I'm like, I just need my own. I just need my own time just for me. I don't want to be nudged. No, we cannot cuddle today. No, I don't feel like doing this. No, I don't want to watch a movie with you. Like, no. And that became a conversation that we had to have because he is now feeling like he is now taking it personal. And I couldn't stress to him enough, don't take this personal. This is not like this, me wanting to be by myself is just because I am exhausted from being with Kayani all day. And then, of course, you're going to want to eat. And I understand you've been at work all day. And so it gets exhausting. And so we had to just have that conversation like, Don't take it personal. It has nothing to do with you. I just want my me time sometimes. And that doesn't necessarily mean you always have to take her and go somewhere. But what I want to be able to do is trust you to be able to have her and take care of her and give her, you know, what it is that she needs while I'm upstairs trying to take a nap. You know, something as simple as that. So... I mean, it it can be exhausting for, you know, all of the people want to shame people, stay-at-home moms. At the end of the day, they are tired. They're tired. Stay-at-home moms are tired. Whether they made that choice or not. And then on the flip side of that, you have the mom that has to go to work. She got to go to work. And so I'm pretty sure... She is sacrificing her time and she's feeling that mom guilt like, am I giving my baby enough of my attention? Am I giving my baby enough of my time? Because she's at work all day and then she goes and picks up baby from daycare and then she comes home, cook. Maybe she got other kids, got to cook for a husband, maybe got to, well, we talk a single mom. Maybe she has other kids, got to cook for, but she has a baby and maybe she's in school. Like, these are real-life situations. And so, after all of her kids are asleep, here she is trying to do her homework. And then the process starts all over again. So, when does she have time for her? When? So, don't, please, if, if there is anything you take away, is try not to lose yourself. You have to make time for you. You have to. And whatever time you do have for your kids or with your kids, be intentional about it. Because I was that person like feeling guilty, like I teach, I give everybody else's child all of my attention. When I get off, I go pick her up and I'm like, I hope she's sleepy so we can take a nap. Now she is nine months. We not doing no naps. At that point, it's just stay up. So it's just like, 
The time that I do have with her, though, is like being intentional about that. And Devon and I have had that conversation about, okay, what does that time look like that you are spending with her? Is it you just bringing her downstairs while you play the game? Because then you're not spending time with her. Y'all are just in each other's presence. Is it me bringing her in our room while I watch TV? Because I'm not spending time with her. I'm just in her presence. So sometimes it is going in her room. And playing with her toys and playing with her and engaging with her. And sometimes we both just go in there and we lay and she'll crawl on us or we're practicing trying to take steps. So, you know, that whole thing. But y'all, one time Devon got in the playpen and Devon is 6'4". My guy. My boy. Like in the playpen with her. And I just be cracking up. But, I mean, it, it's it's important. So, whether that, and nobody can tell you how much time to spend with your kids. So, don't feel like there's a time limit. Like, oh, if I'm not spending an hour, then that's not good enough. No. If you only have 25 minutes, make sure you're very intentional about how you spend that 25 minutes with your kid. Period. And, and the reason I say that is because with my own kid, I just think about, When she looks back on her childhood, when she gets older, I think about what is it that she is going to remember about her parents? Did they spend time with her? Because I can look back. We all know that we all can look back on our childhood and, you know, think about like, man, and it's crazy because. Thinking back on it, you know, this is it's crazy because it's important to me. Like, I might think back and like when I was in school, in elementary school, looking at all the other kids and their parents are, you know, there with them on field trips and mine can't be. You know, that type of thing. But my mama had to work. Like, so if 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 don't nobody else know sacrifice, I know my mama do. And I watched it. I saw it with my own two eyes. Three kids. By herself. Not to say that she didn't have support. Not to say that she didn't have a system. But she did it. Like she did that. Shout out to my mama. So. It's just. But I would think back on my child. Like like nobody could come to my field trips. You know. And so I just think about my own child. And. What that may look like, you know, when she's thinking back on it. And of course, she's not going to remember this time of her life, but this is a routine. And so if we're creating routines, because this age of her life is all about routine. And if we're creating that, we need to be creating the right habits. So for me, it's like, okay, let me just go ahead and create this habit of me spending time with her. And it's intentional because that is what, you know, when she turns five, I'm still going to be spending when she turns seven, like, you know, creating that routine. And so that's some of the stuff that I think about when it comes to time and attention with my child. And if you have multiple kids, of course, that will look different. You know, you're first of all, everyone, when it comes to. Um, affection or how they like to be showed love or whatever it's different so you have to then start to speak their love language and you have to figure that out y'all I can't even figure that out with Devon like we 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 kind of struggle on that just trying to like me trying to talk his language his love language and him trying to talk mine and I don't even know if I even have one 
Like, so, you know, we, I'm still just trying to figure that part out. So let alone having multiple kids and you got to love them differently and figure out, okay, this is my one that, you know, she going to be, she wants to be like hell. She wants to be hugged. She wants to, this ain't that one. It's not that one. You know, and I kind of think back to me and my siblings and my sister pretty much goes to my mama for anything. Me, I'm very private and it's not to be taken personal, but I am. I'm very private. You know, and I have a different way of dealing with things. So I think that that is going to be the most important thing, you know, and to keep find something for you that you can keep hold of making your time. And that time does not necessarily have to be you leaving the house. Maybe it needs to be, but it doesn't have to be. Maybe it's you being in your room by yourself for an hour and a half or two hours. Let me tell y'all, for your sanity, sometimes it's going to take like five. Because Devon used to be like, well, I'm giving you a break. And I'm like, Devon, two hours ain't a break, buddy. Like in them two hours, let me tell you. I am going to go ahead and do her laundry. Like that is how mama's think and that is the biggest thing is just trying to get out of like just step away from motherhood for two seconds it is hard because our mentality just it just changes it's everything like it's all on your kid I think about Kayani 25 8 and what it is that I need to be doing for her period like, do I need to be doing her laundry? Oh, I could be making her baby food. Um, okay, but I need to do my own stuff. Let me go ahead and get her um, bath stuff out. Let me go ahead and get that ready because at that time I might be busy and I don't even have to fool with it. It's that type of thinking and we are that. So, and we think like that. So, dads, if you're listening, let me just say that although you're giving a break, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're completely taking one. And I just feel like moms, you, we have to kind of understand that it does come with the territory because that was the biggest thing for me is like, okay, he is giving me this break, but here it is. I want to go ahead and get her laundry out of the way. So it, you have to learn, okay, step back. I'm not doing anything that is related to my baby. This is all going to be me. It's, it is tough. Because you get in the habit of just doing for your child. You get in the habit of it. So it just becomes just second nature. Like always thinking about what can I do next for my baby. And then I need to go ahead and be do this for me. You know. So if you have a partner. Y'all. If y'all gonna give. If y'all gonna give mama a break. Can we. Can we get seven hours. Is that. Is that asking for too much. Can we get. Like, cause, you know, <laughs> you know, but still like your mind is still there. Your mind is still there. And his ain't, is not like I could take, 
I could take Kayani somewhere and Devon like gone to town. Devon can take Kayani somewhere and I'm doing laundry, washing dishes, trying to go ahead and get this done. And like I can't take a nap because I cannot force myself to sleep. So they thinking, you know, we taking a nap and it's like, no, I, I didn't. I can't force myself to go to sleep. You know, so that's a real thing. It's real out here. Don't lose you. Don't get lost in the sauce. Look, don't get lost. Okay, no. Don't get lost in it. Don't you make time for you. And again, it doesn't always have to be you leaving. It could be you going upstairs and trusting and believing in God. No, trusting that he or your partner is taking care of things. Because I didn't heard some stories, you know, about I just wanted to run to the store real quick and I come back and my baby doing this and and even me, I go upstairs and do my my, you know, get on with my therapist and I'm down here and all I hear is a boom. And I'm just like, what? Like. Cause now I'm now I'm frustrated because why my baby hitting her head and you down here with her? I, I can't I can't seem to understand why she falling off the stairs and you right here. You know, so it's it's a process and it it may take time, but find something for you, mamas. Single dads, find something for you, especially if you have a support system. Find something for you. You know, it's it can be a lot. It can be a lot. But I do want to shout out all of the parents that are doing it on their own, that are going to school, because that's something that I'm still, again, kind of afraid to step into because I'm just like, and I know not that I would fail because, baby, when I'm under pressure, I'm going to deliver. So not that I would fail, but... And I just don't want to be doing way too much. I just, I don't. So, but those that go, you, you, you doing it on your own. You going to school, you going to work. You are doing amazing. Don't let nobody tell you different. If you cannot provide this, this, and this for your child. And I know it can get hard because that's what they see, you know, out in society. When they go to school, all of these people got this on and this on. And I hate that it has to be that way. But I know that that is real. So, you know, it's okay. You can't afford it. it. It's okay. Like that type of stuff is okay. Cause at the end of the day, what matters is the relationship at the end of none of that little stuff matters. Like I ain't necessarily just had the best of the best growing up. My mama did what she needed to do and she did what she could do. My daddy did what he needed to do and did what he, you know, what he could do. And at the end of the day, I'm an adult. I ain't tripping off of that stuff. Because now I know, you know, now I know. And I don't want to be cussing. But my mama was a damn good mama. Like to be single with three kids. So look, do what you need to do for you and yours. No, I'm just saying. So let me say that 
I do want to do the taboo, the taboo topic, but we got into the taboo topic when we were talking about sacrifice, which is crazy, which today it would be, you know, the stay at home mom versus the working mom. And I think both get shamed, but both put up a sacrifice, you know, both are sacrificing something, whether it be time for themselves or time with their kids. You know, both are sacrificing something. So don't, no needs to shame. And I think it, it changes when you become a mom, right? Because I've shamed before prior to me being a mom. And, um, you know, I became a mom and it's like, okay, look, people do what they have to do. People do what they have to do, you know? So both are sacrificing something. I go to work. So again, like I said, I started to think, okay, what about the time that I'm spending with my child? And sometimes she's here with me while I'm working, talking over me. We got Coco Melon playing in the background. But you know what? (laughs) It is what it is. So, mamas, don't get lost. Please, especially during this time um, with coronavirus. I know you can only, you know, do so much. All of that type of stuff. Don't get lost. Get something that it is that you can do. Um, Get some time for you. Do it. Do what it is that you need to do for you. Because postpartum will sneak up on you and then you're really lost. Because you just, it's, it, you're almost like a robot at that point. Like you just doing it because you have to do it. Literally. You doing it because you have to do it. So um, get something that you like to do. Get you some friends. I will say that. If you don't have friends with kids, I can be your friend. But, um, you know, that kind of shifted for me. Because I, not to say that I didn't have friends with kids because I did. But I gained more. And, like, now I'm having conversations, you know, that I, where I feel like I'm not leaving, like, okay. You know, because I'm not going to call my friend and complain. Like, I'm not calling Jazz and being like, Jazz. This is happening. Jazz can't relate to me. So I'm calling my friends that can relate. And I have one friend who said, and I it stuck with me. We were having a conversation. And because a lot of times we vent. And so we were having a conversation. And she said, she will be on the show, y'all. She, ha- she has to be. But we were having a conversation. And what she said was, I don't mind you venting. And you in general, she wasn't specifically talking to me. But at the end of the conversation, at the end of all of that, we have to find a solution. And that's what I'm here for. Like, I am here to drop some gems, you know, give you a little laugh. But somebody you can relate to. But also, like, I want to, as I am going through motherhood, and I mean, my baby's only nine months. I've been only doing this thing for nine months. You know, so, but whatever I learn, I'm here to share it. Whatever people drop in my life, I'm here to share it. 
you know so that's something that stuck with me she was like we're gonna find a solution we have to get some suggestions something but we're gonna find something and that stuck with me and so that's what i'm here for um so it's a wrap mamas daddies parents i hope you all have a great rest of your day i hope that you've enjoyed this y'all come look Y'all got to listen back. Come back to listen for all of the people that are on YouTube watching. Thank you for those of you who want to watch on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel, Shauna B on Instagram. At underscore E-S-S-S-B-E-E-E. Underscore Sincerely Mama. On Facebook, is Shauna Martinet. Follow me, subscribe so that you can get the notifications and updates for the podcast. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, Spotify. But I'm here for y'all. And this is therapeutic for me. So, look, but we all need somebody to relate to, so... I'm here. But I will see you all later. Bye. Talk to y'all later.